So you want someone who's lived that same experience as you um, and hopefully either they can pass on what worked for them, but also what didn't work for them. Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category defining founders. From purpose led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant all in just 40 minutes. In today's installment of our mentorship feature series, Hannah and I are joined by Ashley Tennant and Lisa Rodwell. Ashley is the founder of More Happy, a coaching platform on a mission to provide high quality, affordable coaching so everyone has an equal chance to grow. Lisa is the CEO of Day, who are bridging the gender gap in medical research and innovation. Ashley and Lisa have known each other for many years, having worked together at companies including Moo.com and Woolen Gang. Their friendship soon developed into mentorship and Lisa is now an advisor for and investor in More Happy. So I cannot wait to dig into the evolution of their mentorship relationship and find out where the friendship line starts and the mentorship ends. Ashley and Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you both today? Really well, thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us. It's exciting to talk about this. Before we dive more into your mentorship uh, relationship, we'd obviously love to get to know you both a little bit more. So could you each give us kind of a one minute whistle stop tour of your CV? I'm Lisa Rodwell and I've been working for, I still kind of gulp every time I say this, 30 years plus. And really, during those 30 years, I've been building businesses and brands, both in sort of like traditional corporate space, but then more recently, absolutely on the startup end. So my, my career started probably more, you know, in the corporate space, working at Procter & Gamble and then working in marketing agencies focused on the big corporates such as American Express and IBM. Uh, and that was across three different countries. So I'm, you might hear from my accent, I'm not from the UK, I'm from Canada. So I worked in Canada, I worked in Czech Republic and then in the UK. And then right when it was getting really spicy and the whole internet uh, was blowing up back in the dot-com bust, I decided like that's where I wanted to be, which was in uh, kind of a very more the bleeding edge of, of technology. And I joined two of the really successful early internet plays, which was eBay and Yahoo, but in their early days when they were you know, profitable and really booming and, and scaling. And that was as a marketing director. And then the last 17 years has been spent in startups in the UK across all different industries, primarily building on revenue, marketing product. I was a chief revenue officer for six years at uh, Moo.com. And then I was a CEO at Will and the Gang. I did a stint in fintech, both at Sterling Bank and Nutmeg. And then more recently, like about the last three years, I put all of that uh, sort of experience and energy into women's health. First at a menopause company called Vera Health and now at Day. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Ashley, over to you. I've had around 20 years experience working for um, high growth VC backed startups ranging from well, I started at WGSN, which was a trend forecasting business. I was there for eight years. I then moved to Moo, where I met Lisa and um, I was working on product there and then product and marketing director for Will in the Gang. Um, I had a baby 
obviously when that happens, a lot changes. I became a consultant and I also trained as a coach. When I did that, I couldn't quite believe how ludicrous the coaching industry was. Only those with very deep pockets could afford coaching, yet it was the most transformational thing that you could give to people. And it just didn't make sense to me. Coaching, typically you're looking at traditionally probably £250 for a session. I know coaches charging thousands of pounds for a session. So it's really only those that one could argue are already doing rather well could ever get the privilege of that coaching. So um, so that didn't make sense to me. And then on the other side, I realized that coaching is this incredible thing that people go through training for, but 95% of coaches actually fail. And the reason for that is that they're unable to get the practice hours that they need after they've gone through their training. So the whole industry needed a shake up. That's what led me to start More Happy. Amazing. And I'm excited to dive a bit more into the difference between mentorship and coaching later on in this episode. Um, But for now, I think we kind of touched on, you know, you obviously met a while ago, um, but I'd be really keen to hear kind of how did you meet and how did your relationship develop um, over the years to turn into this mentorship relationship that it is today? Yeah, I mean, I guess on reflection, I met Ashley, it must be, I'm just thinking about it, it has to be at least 15 years ago. And that is when she came to work on my team. She didn't work directly for me, but she worked on my team at Moo.com. I still remember because I was doing all the interviews. I remember the project she presented as part of the interview. And, you know, it was stellar, really impressed with Ashley. But then when she came to work at Moo, while she was on my team, we actually didn't work a lot day to day. The head of product was her boss and actually got to know one another probably as friends after she left Moo uh, through, you know, I think we found out we had a lot in common, both sort of personally and professionally. It sort of evolved into probably more of a friendship. And then we both found ourselves uh, very excited about a startup called Wool in the Gang. I joined there as CEO and Ashley joined as was a director of product and marketing, I believe. And at that time, actually, it was quite tricky from a friendship perspective. And maybe it never became tricky, but I always was aware, you know, I'm running this business. We have this previous, you know, friendship. But at the end of the day, I have to do what is right for the business. And in this case, I was very much Ashley's manager. But, you know, again, you know, I, I saw how much she shined and it was actually a phenomenal partnership. And, she, you know, it kind of ended when uh, when Ashley went off and, and had her child that she mentioned. And then we stayed friends. And I think it moved more into mentorship at the point when Ashley decided to start more happy or started actually even maybe before that started looking at what the startup landscape looked like and how she might make a difference in the coaching space. She didn't know exactly what she was doing at that point because she hadn't sort of fully formed the idea. And then since that point, we definitely have like those two relationships, friendship and mentorship and advisory. Amazing. And would you say it was more of a natural kind of development or actually was there ever a point where you turned to Lisa and can you be my mentor? Was there ever kind of an official agreement that you set out? Yeah, so I think it happened very naturally. And then it became, I don't want to say it was official as and it wasn't a paid arrangement, but it was, I need your help. Like, can you support me to get this off the ground? I think the reason I went to Lisa is, first of all, I had absolute trust in Lisa, having worked with her for so long um, and knowing that she would be looking out for me, not only me, but the business as well. And just Lisa's attitude of Lisa dives into a problem with you. So she doesn't, you know, it's not my problem. It's both of our problems. Like, what can we do about it? How can we move things forward? And she just has incredible energy. And I needed that. 
And there were many times in the, the beginning where it would have been easy to say, actually, this is too hard. It would have been easier to walk away, possibly more sensible. But um, what I needed was someone there to just really keep, you know, you can do this. Come on. There is a solution. Let's keep going. Incredibly grateful to have her on that journey. I would just say from my perspective, like I get a lot out of uh, the relationship. My desire maybe to help Ashley, of course, you know, I want her to succeed, but I love working within startups and at that early stage. And there's so many, you know, small challenges to address. I have been working with startups both directly for about 17 years and then also this indirectly, like more on a mentorship basis and so forth. So being able to help someone who you, you know, are really excited about because you've got a history, plus I'm super curious about her, you know, the business and so forth. I get just as much energy back from the experience as maybe what I bring to Ashley. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think, you know, a lot of the time mentees feel like, you know, mentors are doing them a favor, but it's actually not everyone can get something out of mentorship. So thank you so much for sharing that. On a practical level, how does your mentorship relationship work? Like, Do you have set up kind of regular meetings that you attend? Is there an agenda that you bring to it? Can you bring that a bit more to life for us? Well, what I would say is that Ashley is really good at uh, not wasting anybody's time. That's mine as well. And because if we're not careful and we're not deliberate, there could be, uh, you know, it could eat into, say, our friendship time or something else. So we actually plan specific catch ups. It may not be in the calendar, you know, two months in advance. But like Ashley will contact me a week before and say, Lisa, I really need um, some help. Can we find some time to talk about X or Y? I do appreciate when I might know what it's about in advance, but it's not always necessary. She always knows what she wants out of it. Uh, and generally, she's quite good that she'll, she'll say what it is. But I wouldn't say that it's like, oh, every two months we have a catch up. It's more as needed. I don't know what you'd say, Ashley. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that's important when you're being mentored, just to be really clear about what you need and when. So almost if I was don't know what I need in two months, but I do know what I need probably this week. So just being quite deliberate with the ask means that you get what you need, but also it helps Lisa to structure that conversation, have a little think about it beforehand. And Lisa, I think you, you touched on it a little bit. Obviously, you're a mentor, but you're also friends. And, you know, we also know that you're an advisor and investor in the business. So how do you balance all of your different roles um, within this relationship? And where do the lines blur? I don't think they blur between friendship and sort of mentor. Like, I think because different conversations, different types of topics. I think that the one area that you need to be a little bit careful on is, you know, kind of maybe mentor and investor. If I was her sole investor, which I am not, that's up to me also, but I, I definitely keep that in a, a separate part of my brain. I do think it would be different if, you know, let's say I was like 50% of ownership. You have different motivations. I wanted to come on to talk a bit more about some practical advice for mentorship, because we have so many questions from listeners about either they really want to become a mentor, but don't know quite how to, or maybe they've heard the podcast and they think I've got something to give, or I need some advice, or uh, I want something more formal. So Ashley, uh, I'd love to get your advice for anyone that's looking to find a mentor. What's the best approach that you found about going out there and finding one? 
you want someone that's in the same lane as you, but just a little bit further ahead. Let's say you've got a, a sales challenge and um, there's no point in going and speaking to people who solved a sales challenge, but three million pound in the bank if you've got 30 pounds in the bank. So you want someone who's lived that same experience as you um, and hopefully either they can pass on what worked for them, but also what didn't work for them. And there's as much learning in their mistakes as there is what worked. So definitely finding someone um, just that bit ahead of you. I think having some form of trial with them. And there's three things that I would look for while you're having that trial experience to, to see if it's going to work for you. One is they need to almost have an obsessive curiosity about you and your business. So if they're not asking you lots and lots and lots of questions, they're probably giving you advice for a different problem, not the one that you have. So that's really important. I think the second one would be, are they listening? So are they able to reflect back to you what they're hearing and are they getting it right? Do they give you space to correct them? And are they willing to be corrected so that you actually get the real detail of what's going on? And the third, which I'd say is absolutely Lisa and Spades, like, do they have energy for what you're doing? So for you as a person, but also for what you're trying to achieve, you will need that energy. So when the rarely you're going to your mentor because things are great, you're often going to your mentor because, you know, you need help with something or you're struggling with something. That energy is just so important for you at that moment in time to keep you going. So that being your sense check when you're doing your trial with them. I love that advice. And speaking from personal experience, some of the hardest days when I've almost sort of lost the business and close to going under, it's actually been my mentors that have given me that kind of lift and that clarity of thought and maybe ask the difficult questions, but also given me that kind of you can do it sort of attitude, which is so important. And I think a lot of that is it's listening, but then it's giving that energy and that focus and being that supportive and critical friend that you need like in, in a mentor. How important do you think, Ashley, it is for the mentor and mentee to come from the same industry? Do you think that's a really essential or not really? I think it's essential that they've either come from the same industry or they the same stage that you're at so there has to be something in common or else it's just a conversation that's maybe an interesting conversation but it's unlikely to go anywhere their job as a mentor is to fast track your knowledge in some way so therefore it needs to be relevant and it's up to you to find that common connection if it's not there don't force it just to add to that I think also you don't need one mentor you probably need lots of mentors for different things. So I have a mentor for my sales part of the business um, and I have a mentor for more general and sort of getting the business off the ground, which would be Lisa. But I have, I could probably name like five or six different mentors that I have for different stages and different things that I need. I think there's an expectation that a mentor will be able to give you everything they won't. Uh, so it's just being aware of what it is and who you need at that time. I love that advice. And I think it's so true. There's often been this binary thought of you have one mentor for life and they, you know, they will give you everything. Whereas actually that's not the case. You can get mentorship in so many different forms, can't you? Whether it's from a book or a podcast or then like specific areas of your business that you need expert advice on. So I love that. And I hope others listening to this will go out and get seek out more mentors because I think the more we have, the more well-rounded you, I think a leader you can be. Lisa, just coming to you, for anyone listening to this that is thinking about becoming a mentor, perhaps they've had this kind of imposter syndrome that they shouldn't do it. But I think we really want to encourage everyone to go out and pay it forward and, and enjoy that. I'd love to hear from your perspective what benefits you've seen from being a mentor. And also linked to that, what do you think makes a great mentor? Well, benefits for me, and I think it's different for everyone, I am actually get so much energy from those people that I work with. It actually helps me 
in my own day-to-day work from a leadership perspective and communication perspective uh, because I'm able to try something that isn't you know, directly affecting the business that I'm working on. I also get a lot of this concept. I'd like to go back out and do it. I know in some of the bigger companies they do it. They do this concept of reverse men- mentorship. But someone who's just starting out brings so much different experience that I may not have insight into whether it's innovations or so forth. So you can you can actually learn a lot from what the sort of mentee is bringing you. Each experience is different. So how and what you say gives you back sort of one more chance at maybe when you did it wrong. So you get a bit of a good feeling like, oh my gosh, at least I'm, I'm saving that person from making the same mistake I did. I think Ashley said a, a lot of the good points. I do think that someone, whether they're not either the same industry or they've had the same experience, the same, um, and fairly recently, I would say as well, because going back to your point where you said, oh, you don't have to have your mentor for life. You know, often, particularly if you're starting out your career, you look at someone that's, you know, maybe been doing something for 30 years and going, I want to be like that person. I don't remember what it was like that well 30 years ago, starting off my career. So I probably would be less of a great mentor for someone, you know, who's trying to figure out, I don't know, how to go up the agency ladder or something, because I've forgotten. And, and it's probably different than it was today. So I think there is about having relevant and timely experience and so forth. So that's just whether it makes them a good mentor or not, but I think it's a good foundation. I love what Ashley said about listening and curiosity. I found myself in a position, it was sort of a forced mentorship. I was very happy to do it, but I felt quite useless and not very helpful for this person because it wasn't in the same industry. It wasn't in the same function. And every time we sort of met, you know, I was trying to get my head around. I found it interesting what they did, how it worked. And I think I was a very poor mentor. I think I actually was just taking up that person's time. So I think there is also understanding when it just doesn't work and, and you should kind of probably walk away from those those situations. I think that's really good advice. I remember when I was putting together our board of advisors who have been mentors to me for sort of 10 years. And one of the, I really appreciated one of our board advisors, Cressy, when she said, I would love to do this, but I really want you to be very honest with me at any point in the future if you're not getting enough from this relationship. And she almost gave me the permission there to end that relationship in, in the right way. For whatever reason, it, it no longer became sort of mutually valuable. And, and I've never had to do that. It made me feel a lot more comfortable because I, I was just starting in entrepreneurship. I had no idea what I was doing and I, you never know what's around the corner. So I think it's really important to have that sort of open dialogue and not be afraid to mix things up. We've talked about the friendship you have and the history you've had of working together, which I'm sure in, in many ways is, makes your mentorship relationship super strong. There can also be times where things are uncomfortable or difficult and where you've had to, you know, maybe step back and, and set some stronger boundaries. Has that happened? And if so, would you mind sharing any examples uh, for anyone that might be in that situation right now? I'll just answer quickly. I, I don't think so, but I have told her a couple of times that I just don't have time for things that she's asked for. When I got very, you know, I had a little bit more time when Ashley was first starting out and then I got to a very, very busy time myself. And she really respected that. But I also felt like I was letting her down at certain points. And it's easier to have those conversations because we know each other. But I think if you're going to mentor someone, maybe expectations on how much time you can devote is important, both on both sides and ensure that 
you don't, as a mentee, that you know what you want and you don't waste the other person's time, I think would be just another obvious piece of advice. I was just thinking, Lisa, that you once said, I think it was a compliment that I was the world's friendliest Rottweiler. I took as a compliment, but I'm not sure if it was, but either way, when someone sets a boundary like that, I can't help you. The next question should be, well, can you help me with who can? Their job as the mentor is to not give you a dead end but to support you to the next stage and even just that well I can't help you right now but why don't you call these three people and even that is helpful so you can keep moving on so ensuring that you still get what you need while being respectful of the mentor's time I think obviously we we do probably less of this Lisa because we have that trust but I think if you don't have the trust already with with the mentor and um, having incredible contracting up front is important so when we say contracting, I don't mean like writing a formal contract, but having an agreement in place as to how the relationship will run. As you mentioned, James, like when it's not useful, how will you tell the other person that it's not useful or that they can't help anymore? Um, so how to ask certain questions. So I think setting up that contracting will build a really solid foundation for your relationship. Um, you know, I only will be able to give you 20 minutes of my time once a month. That's useful to know. Don't call me on the weekends also good to know <laughs> you know so all of these things up front will ensure that you have a you have a better relationship our boundaries are you know definitely more blurred Lisa because of our past but I think if I was going into a, a new relationship with a, a mentor I also ask them like what can I do in return for them so is there anything that you know it doesn't always have to be a financial arrangement it can be a an exchange of values so how can I support them in return yeah and I think you've both alluded to that, that about how it is a two-way street uh, in many ways and there is value both ways and I think it's really important just because uh, you have someone perhaps that's more experienced or playing that mentor role to you it doesn't mean that you there aren't ways you can help them. And I think that's always a lovely, as what I found for my mentorship, when I'm able to pay it forward and actually help my board in different ways with favors or introductions or just different perspectives, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're actually somebody that's played such a, a great role in, in your own development. You're actually able to play a small part in helping them. Lisa, maybe this is a slightly broader one than just your mentorship relationship, because it sounds like you haven't had to deal with too much conflict. But for anyone that is, maybe it's just a, you get on very well, your friends outside of work, but you working together dealing with conflict is, is often one of the more stressful parts of work and life so do you have any just particular advice around how to navigate dealing with conflict with someone that you care about and that you like and you get on really well with but in a professional setting that doesn't leave a kind of lasting negative impact or effect it's difficult and, and i'll say i'm not uh, you know i've worked in lots of different cultures and i would say this culture i.e the british culture is not great with dealing with conflict we aren't probably as direct as, and I'd say we aren't as direct as we should be. And so therefore it extends longer than it should. So I, I think trying to address directly the conflict early, but in a, you know, obviously not in a heated in, environment and so forth and, and making sure that it's very clear what is driving the, the problem and, and actually maybe setting aside some time outside of when it might arise to deal with it. Um, some people are better in setting things up through writing and then and then coming together and talking about it after each side has written things together. I mean, it really depends on how you work with that person. But for sure, conflict also often comes from misunderstanding and particularly in maybe a mentor-mentee relationship that could happen as well. And I think going back to what Ashley says is like, oh, one of the ways to avoid it in this kind of scenario is, you know, I love the idea of a clear contract rather than 
kind of just sneaking away and and letting things kind of rot on the vine. No, that's really good advice. It's something that I think British people often do struggle with. And I personally, um, I like people to be happy in uh, over years of struggle with uh, with conflict. I'm a people pleaser, but I think it's also uh, just, yeah, having that open, I think creating a feedback culture and, you know, having that openness uh, in a mentorship relationship from the outset can help hopefully navigate some of the more difficult conversations that it's just like a, we have each other's best interests at heart. It's okay. So one of the things that I do and just has worked with one person is that we kept an open Google doc and it allowed both of us to share our views and, you know, kind of get the communication right rather than just in the moment. Not everybody's a great like on the spot communicator and that can drive extra conflict. And then it's also a way to take in some of that feedback that may be more difficult. Uh, And of course, you'd have to agree with the individual if that's what you like. Um, It has worked for me in, in one scenario. No, thank you for sharing. That's uh, hopefully helpful for, for anyone going through this at the moment. Maybe give that a go. Are there any do's and don'ts that you can share with us or for our listeners that are starting out on their mentorship journeys, both from a mentor and mentee's perspective? So maybe, Ashley, if I come to you first, any, any do's or don'ts you've learned over the years? Don't be scared. So just ask for help. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned is it's the easiest way to get a mentor is to do something useful and worthwhile. So if you're if you're doing something that's exciting and positive in the world, you will probably get your pick of mentors because they'll actually come to you and say, I see what you're doing. Can I help in some way? Obviously, not everyone is in that position. But if you're if you're not doing something useful, like consider, well, how, how could I do? And that, that will take you on a different path. Probably say, yeah, j- just get started. So I think a lot of people are sort of scared to move forward, especially early in their career. Like, why would someone spend time on me? You know, I don't have enough money. How would I even convince them that this is a good idea? Some of the best learning I've had has been from mentors. So just getting started and almost surround yourself with people that want you to succeed. It's a sort of strange arrogance that we have as human beings that we can go it alone. I think the earlier you acknowledge that, the better. So surrounding yourself with mentors and coaches that only want the best for you and your career will skyrocket as a result. Yeah, that's that's amazing, Ashley. Thank you. Uh, really important advice. Um, Lisa, anything you'd add to that? Any particular do's or don'ts? Like do ask someone you think they might not be interested. It's interesting to me how many people I get reaching out to me And I am going to make a generalization around gender here because I would say that it is more people who reach out to me sometimes are more men, believe it or not, if they're interested in the space that I work on, perhaps not right now, but if they've seen that I've done a lot of startups and so forth of people I don't know versus women who I don't know. Different when maybe the women have met me and so forth and and they're probably more, I think it's like ask. The worst I'm going to say is like no, or someone might say is no. And then, you know, much more practically, I think as a mentee, plan the session and ideally tell your mentor what you want to, you know, the agenda or topics in advance because you're going to get better results from them. Not everybody can kind of just wing it, you know, on their feet. They might, you know, use that week in advance or whatever to really think about what it is that you're going to speak to. They, they could do some background research and, and find out who they know if, if, that, if it's about contacts and so forth. So, and also don't take it for granted on both sides. Cause like, you know, eventually as a mentor, you, 
you know, you're going to become redundant. So remember to walk away. One thing that I just wanted to to touch on there, as you said, you know, do ask because the worst thing that can happen is they say no. I think one of the questions that we tend to get is, how do you ask someone? Do you spell out the words, would you be interested in being my mentor? It, or is it the root of, can I pick your brain? What would you suggest is the best way to reach out to a prospective mentor? If you're asking someone that is ahead of you in their career, they don't have any time. So assume that they have zero time to help you. They have a lot on. So sort of saying, oh, can I have a coffee or can I have a quick? It's probably not going to excite them because they get asked that a lot and they don't have time. But if you go in on a mission viewpoint, I am trying to achieve this or I'm on a path to creating this change, but I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. So in my my instance, it might be I'm struggling as being a single female founder. That's a challenge. So can you help me with this thing specifically? And usually they will first answer you, which is great. It's not a no if they've answered you. You're in a, you're in a conversation at least. And at that point, then keep the conversation going, just get them excited about what you're doing and and your passion for it. Usually if they say, no, I can't help you, they will then direct you to someone else in a similar space. So they'll say, I can't help you, but you should speak to this other person and just always do that. Always say yes and meet that other person because that will lead to something else. So it doesn't go from a sort of exploratory angle, but definitely pitch yourself as I am worthwhile. Are you spending your time on? Please help me. Amazing. That's great advice. Thank you so much. I wanted to shift gears a little bit and come on to talking about mentorship versus coaching a little bit. And based on, you know, what you do with More Happy, Ashley, I would really love to know what are the main differences between mentorship and coaching and how do you determine whether what you're after is a mentor or what you're after is a coach? So we ask this question a lot, as you could imagine. So a mentor I would always describe as someone that's going to fast track your experience. They've walked in your shoes. They've done the same thing that you're trying to do. They've either failed or they've achieved it, but they've got a lot of experience to just pass on to you. A coach, on the other hand, is going to help you to identify your correct pathway. So everyone has different lives, different experiences, different beliefs, different values. And as such, what the mentor is telling you is not necessarily right for you. It was right for them at a given point in time. So if I was to use it as an example, imagine the mentor is the person that will give you the map. If you're going on a big epic journey, they hand you the map and say, I recommend you go this way. I did it this way or I went this way and it went wrong. So don't go that way, go this way instead. And they'll tell you exactly where you should go. A coach on the other hand will identify what does it mean for you to even go on this epic journey? What's your motivation? So you can really tap into that. What sort of journey do you want to go on? How do you want to feel at the end of the journey? What will you do if you fail halfway along? So their map might look quite different for you. They might realize, oh, actually, you're not into rock climbing like the mentor was. So maybe this isn't the right place that you should go. Or, you know, you prefer boating. You should go in the water instead. And that will make the journey perfect for you. So you're much more likely to achieve with a coach because it will be unique to you and your specific set of circumstances but quite frankly both are valuable and I would use both to get you where you want to be so the mentor will be telling you this is the way you could do it and I speak to lots of mentors to get all the variations and then I'll speak to a coach to find out okay which one which path should I take 
Amazing. I love that example that you gave as well. It makes so much sense. So thanks. Thank you for sharing that. I think we spoke about how do you find a mentor, but how do you go about finding a coach? And what are some of the characteristics people should think about when they try and find a coach? So traditionally, to find a coach, you tend to ask for recommendations from your peer group. So, you know, who's used the coach? Who do you, who do you love? Who changed your life? And that's you know perfectly valid way of doing it. The way we work at More Happy is that we're obviously giving, so that was, you know, for the 10% that could afford coaching, that would work. But for the other 90% who their peer groups don't use coaching yet, because not everyone has a coach. If you're, you know, still on your way up the career ladder, you, you couldn't possibly afford a coach. What we've done at More Happy is we've made it easy to, through a subscription basis, you come along and then you can try different coaches. So you don't have to stay with one. You can move around. You can have 45 minutes with different coaches. You can literally have unlimited. So you can have as many sessions as you want throughout the month for a subscription fee. What that means is that you can actually almost like play around with what actually works for you. So often people come to look for a coach and they think they know what they need. You know, we all start from that point. And actually, we're often surprised by what works for us. So I have a coach at the moment that is unbelievably challenging. She pulls me up on everything and it's amazing. And I never thought that would have worked for me. I thought that would actually have lessened my confidence, but it actually gives me more confidence. And that was a surprise. So I guess what I'm saying is try different styles of coaches and just experiment and when you find one that you click with, then you can continue with that coach. Love that, Ashley. Thank you for, for sharing. We're sadly at an end. It's been a really fascinating conversation. I'm sure this is going to inspire lots of our listeners to get out and be mentors and, and hopefully be mentees as well. But before we come to the end of the, the chat, what is one piece of advice that you would like to leave any aspiring mentees or mentors that are listening with? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Lisa. I always think Nike has it, which is just do it. If I went back, I think I didn't use or sought out mentors in my career. Uh, and I only sort of discovered late, late in my career that I had one surrounding me. But I think I would have been more deliberate in identifying those people who could really have made made my own experience better and probably got places faster had I gone out and asked. Kind of when I say formally, I just mean ask for their time, mentioning like what you want from that person and, and moving it forward. I just didn't do that. And I, I do regret not sort of formally going out and finding those people who really would help me in my career when I was perhaps younger. Thank you for sharing, Lisa. That's, that's really interesting. And, and, and Ashley, same question to you. I think a couple of things. So first of all, have many coaches. So don't expect one coach or mentor, could be the same thing, um, to help you with everything. So really sort of try to break down the challenges that you have and identify mentors for each of those things. The other thing is go into it with a view that you will give back. I've spoken to um, to mentors who they've I've almost started the conversation thinking there's nothing I could possibly do for this person. So I'm not sure what the value exchange will be. But in asking, you know, they usually think about it for a minute or two and they're like, yes, you could help me with this. So an example is I've got a sales mentor right now as we build a sales function of More Happy. I had no idea what I could do to help him. But he said, actually, loads of people that I mentor need help with either becoming coaches or finding coaches. You could help with that. So now occasionally I get a little call from him saying, oh, this person needs some help. Can you help them? 
So I'm not even helping them directly, but I'm helping their network. For them, they see that as a, as a value exchange, which is great. So everyone's happy. So yeah, have many and give back. Well, I just was thinking about this. I think it is important to, similar to what uh, Ashley said, is to have money. And I would say, while you want them in your kind of industry, just as a couple steps ahead of you, thinking actually about, you know, all different genders and different backgrounds would be really useful rather than always going for someone who looks like you and has done everything exactly like you uh, because that is it almost gives you the opposite side of how you might approach something and, and I think that would be really useful that's a really good point actually and I think um you know I found that myself when putting together our advisory board at Cressy is a sustainability entrepreneur, nothing to do with exec search or recruitment at all, but her perspectives have been some of the most valuable over the last 10 years in our board meetings, because she comes at things completely differently to the, you know, the, the person on our board that's from recruitment, the, the person from our board that's from startup world. It's that combination that really, for me, I get so much out of that, uh, just different perspectives and their different viewpoints. So I think that's a, that's a brilliant point. Our final question, um, this is 40 Minute Mentor, and you have a fabulous mentoring relationship. Outside of that, who would be your dream mentor, dead or alive, and why? So Ashley, I'll come to you first. Given that um, if I say this, I'll never, if someone was dead, they'll never be able to come and work with me. But I was going to say um, my, my live one was Tessa Clark from Olio. She's taken on such a huge problem to tackle household waste. And I just think she's just bashing down walls all over the place. And it's incredible to watch. And I've just seen her, you know, flourish. I'm just watching from the sidelines. And I just find her so inspiring so I'd say that would be my my dream I love that as a fellow 40 minute mentor we'll put the back call out to her <laughs> before before I say mine I, a year ago almost to the day I was at an event and I found myself talking to this woman and she was phenomenal it was uh, Tessa Clark and um she we were talking about fundraising because at the moment at that moment we were fundraising that day. She had just raised a huge round, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I don't know, you know, she just threw this comment out, you know, just sort of a two cent comment that has stuck with me ever since. And she's like, you know, you're going to close that round. And like every week you should be talking to investors, not just when you are out fundraising. And so I agree with you, Ashley. I think she would be a phenomenal mentor. I mean, just that one-off comment to me was like oh yeah this woman is you know she is smart and I'd like her on my side as well it makes me so happy these questions when we ask them often we have Bezos and Musk and uh, Serena Williams it is, makes me so happy that we've had a former 40-minute mentor guest it's just amazing and I, I just couldn't agree with what you've just said more Tess has actually been on the podcast twice for me is just one of the most incredible mentors out there so a shining light to, to anyone that hasn't heard her speak before uh, definitely go check that out but sorry Lisa over to you for your answer I'm not sure how practical this is but I had to think a bit on this one to be honest which goes back to my point is if you more actively are thinking about who you want to help it should have been super easy for me but I landed on Dame Shirley she goes by Steve Shirley or Stephanie Shirley and if you don't know who she is I thought I'd bring her up because she's got such an amazing story I think that's partly why is just what she did in the time that she did it, which was, I guess it would have been in the 60s. She, you know, started her own 
basically remote, which is something that we're all trying to learn how to, to work in these remote and hybrid environments, software business that employed almost exclusively women in a man's world. Um, that's where she started using her name, Steve, when she sent letters. Um, and then she started to get traction, which is you know, something that, you know, maybe today is, is still challenging. So I, I love that she had to deal with such extreme uh, sexes, not that she had to deal with it, but I love that she overcame dealing with such extreme sexism and the whole remote working. And she was always the only woman in the room. And, and it seems that she's also given back like so much. And I think that goes back to what Ashley said as well, is that, you know, if you're always thinking on both sides, you know, what you can do for me and what you can do for others. Uh, and I just I think she's uh, got a great, great story. I'm not sure that, you know, she's right and ready to be a mentor at this point, but just following what she did. But I'd love to hear more of almost more of the problems that she ran into, because I think it would make our everyday problems like so much smaller. Like if she can do that. Of course we can do this. You know, that, that gives you the real confidence. It's a wonderful uh, mentor to, to kind of bring this conversation to a close and somebody that I would love to get on the podcast. So we'll, we'll definitely endeavor to do that. I heard her speaking, I think it was on the High Performance Podcast. And it's one of the most inspirational hours of my life listening to that. I mean, what a story. Lisa, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experiences and amazing relationship that you have. And it's been really enjoyable and very inspiring so thank you for, for taking the time and joining us and thank you too hannah thank you thank you great to be here thank you so much for tuning in today i really hope you enjoyed this conversation with ashley and lisa even just half as much as we enjoyed recording this one we're really not ones for podcast vanity metrics here at jbm but the power of reviews and ratings is undeniable so if you're enjoying listening to 40 Minute Mentor, then please consider leaving us a review on ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm. We'd really appreciate your review and your rating. And a huge thank you from myself and James for all your support along the way. And hopefully see you again next week for even more pocket-sized mentorship.